Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This notion that somehow there's been a lack of information or transparency, I call false on that. Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson defending his handling of the migrant crisis as temperatures drop below freezing and more than a thousand migrants are sleeping in tents on the streets and the floors of police stations. Sleeping on the floors of police stations? Yeah, that's super common. New York, too. New York City is getting more attention because it's New York City. But both Chicago and New York sanctuary cities are getting inundated with illegal immigrants with no place to go and no money and they're all scrambling madly to figure out a what to do about them and b not admit all right that sanctuary city thing was fake it was always fake we didn't think anybody was coming how amazed have you got to be if you're like a honduran and you're coming from some country where, you know, you can't trust the government. You just It's just awful and all these different things. You get to the land of plenty, and they let you sleep on the floor at the police station if you're from some other country. <laughs> I mean, that right. has to be head spinning. Wow, this is the land of plenty. I'm from a different country, and I came here illegally, and they're letting me sleep on the floor of the police station. Whereas back in my country, nobody helps you with nothing. And they're feeding them and clothing them and medicating them as well and, and, and educating it, the kids. And it is pretty crazy that you would let people come from other countries and make the taxpayer foot the bill for that. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, but uh, the reason I'm bringing this up, because most of this happened last week, um, including this report. But it was funny. Over the weekend, uh, it kept coming up. This Brandon Johnson, mayor of Chicago guy. And I've been watching Chicago politics since I was a little kid. I grew up in the area. Um and what happens is, and Lori Lightfoot was this too, the previous mayor, if you get anointed the choice of the progressives in Chicago, 
You're the winner. And you got to be a black person these days to be anointed. Um, but there's there's no like vetting process in terms of your skills as a politician or or absolutely not even an iota paid to. Is this person a reasonably capable administrator? And the Eric Adams story is kind of similar in, in New York City. And lest anybody think that this is some sort of uh, racist adjacent screed. No, I think the fact that you've got to be one color is racist and you've got to kowtow to the progressive agenda i mean if you wanted like a a brilliant person of color in new york city or chicago there's more of them than could fill every office in the government you could have an incredibly bright and competent government but it's not about competence it's about fealty to the progressive power structure. And so that's how you get an, uh, an Eric Adams and a, a Brandon Johnson. So anyway, I wanted to get to more of this report in which you hear the uh, the mayor of one of the great cities on earth talking. Let's just roll on in order, Michael. 61 now. Today, Johnson moving forward with construction of a pop-up tent shelter he promised to have by winter. Despite fierce opposition, protests, and lawsuits from folks who live in that South Side neighborhood. This mayor is acting like a dictator. He needs to go. He must go. There's no transparency from the mayor. When you think about all the things that we allow to slide, this is another thing that, you know, we just can't allow this to happen. Uh, Roll on with 63, Michael. Asked about protests against migrant shelters across his sanctuary city, including many in predominantly black and heavily Democrat neighborhoods, Johnson is blaming Republicans, anti-black racism, former mayor and fellow Democrat Lori Lightfoot, and right-wing extremists. We're not going to break away from our value system because right-wing extremism is sowing seeds of discord in this city. Wow! (laughs) That's what we're leading up to, folks. There he is, his honor, the mayor. You got a black man in the city that's run by the Democratic Party, a sanctuary city, letting all sorts of uh, illegals in. Well, what else are you going to do? And declaring that it's white supremacists and Trump and racism and his predecessor and Martians and the Spanish conquistadors and just anything else but him and his administration that's at fault. Didn't blame the Biden administration, by the way, which is kind of odd. Well, yeah, that's that's troubling because it gets us further away from uh, solving any problems here. It's absolutely hilarious. Racism? Right-wing extremists? There aren't any there. What are you talking about? How weak is that? So yesterday, we go to get our Christmas tree. It's like a blazing hot, sunny day in Northern California. We go to get the Christmas tree. Oh, 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 oh. What are you Jingle do? bells, jingle bells. <laughs> so I'm playing Christmas songs. I dial up uh, classic Christmas music on my streaming service of choice. And it's got all the cherished songs that I grew up with. And it occurred to me as I'm singing along to all of them that my kids don't know the words to any of those songs. None of the classic Christmas songs. And the reason I know the words to all the songs is we sang them in school in Christmas pageants. And so we would sing Deck the Halls and in all of them. Uh... Every year, I was in some sort of music class where we all got together and sing. My kids don't do that. They've never done that. Not one year of any of their schools. Do they have... I mean, you can sign up for some sort of chorus thing that meets after school or whatever. 
but there's they're just not like a regular but but so what happened to all that stuff why why are so many of the things that that I took when I was a kid they don't have time for anymore while at the same time you're not learning reading or math how do, and you are learning about gender bending madness right i mean you could make the argument to me that well you only have so many hours in a day and having the kids all gather for an hour each day to sing you know learn to sing a song is not the most important thing in the world. Okay. But we fit that in back when we were learning math and to read. Yeah, well, I, it's very simple. We've gone from a country that it's in the high 90% Christian to a country with uh, many more faiths. Okay, well, it doesn't, and, don't and get, a hypersensitivity to people getting offended. Well, don't get hung up on the Christmas songs because then okay. you can make that argument that you just made. Other songs. We had other pageants or other music things we'd have where the parents would come and we'd sing different kinds of songs. But they don't do that anymore. So there's an hour a day, a full hour that I did, geez, every grade up until I don't know what grade. Um, there's a full hour. What What is being done with that hour now? Well, do you mean like music education or preparing for a pageant specifically? Well, just like music class where you went and sat down yeah. and sang. We did that every day. My whole life of grade school. They don't yeah. do that anymore. So what are they doing instead? That's my question. I don't While, know. Meanwhile, the kids are less Illiterate likely to... and can't do math. Yeah. <laughs> right. Can somebody but they know that all about the genderbred person. That takes time. That stuff takes time. Well, yeah, but Critical they, race theory. I feel like they're working that into all the other classes. They work that into mm-hmm. social studies. But does anybody know, like, what replaced some of that to art class? My kids don't have a regular art class. We had art every day. Yeah. How, yeah. how did we learn reading and math and have an art class and a music class every day? It's, you know, that answer is a little more complicated. It has to do with uh, the vast majority of families were intact and kids showed up at school already knowing how to read because their parents would read to them. Um, The fact that uh, the kids sat quietly to the extent that they could, they paid attention. They respected their teachers. They would run around like crazy at recess, blow off steam so they could learn more effectively. Um, there's just a lot that's changed for the worse. I guess you'd have to be an older teacher or school administrator of some kind to be able to answer this question. But if you're old enough to have, you know, grown up when school was like I just described, and now you're working at a school, what what replaced that stuff? And and yeah, I just am confused by that. I, I also think a major factor is that almost universally in the United States, our culture rewarded learning and achievement. It was expected of you. It was admired. It was encouraged in every kid, no matter what they look like. That is not the case today. One of the reasons um, my kids, at least, aren't real thrilled about going to school is I feel like there's less fun stuff going on. I mean, music class was a nice break. Art class was a nice break from the other stuff. They don't have breaks for stuff like that. It's all uh, some kind of academics, but I'm not exactly sure. I'm sure a lot of teachers would point out uh, the concept of teaching to the test, uh, no child left behind, standardized testing, becoming ubiquitous, um, that sort of thing. 
If the if the the schools don't get certain test scores, they get in trouble. Um, and so they're not going to waste an hour, quote unquote, waste an hour on arts and culture and music and that sort of thing that make the, the human experience worth living. Um, and they'll just keep drilling on the stuff that's going to be on the uh, standardized achievement tests. Hmm. And I'm not against standardized achievement tests exactly, but is there an overemphasis on them? Yeah, maybe. Hmm. Love to hear from educators. If you want to drop us an email, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Yeah, or you can text. Maybe we'll answer this tomorrow when we get some emails and texts. But I just, I don't know, it just occurred to me. Uh, the reason I know the words to all these songs is we did it in the school. Anyway, text line 415-295-KFTC. The news coverage over the weekend, I feel like the shift toward blaming Israel for things has really accelerated in the last 72 hours since we were last on. I don't know where this is going. Among other things we can talk about. Stay here. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This machine can create nearly the coldest conditions in the universe at about 460 degrees below zero. In that environment, a radically new kind of computer may change civilization as we know it. We're looking at a race between China, between IBM, Google, Microsoft, Honeywell, because the nation or company that does this will rule the world economy. Oh, boy. So another giant, fast-changing aspect of life that's a competition between us and China and how does the world react in the economy and kids today and just... Well, I've been bored. We needed a shockwave. Come on. Right, exactly. AI's not enough, or modern diseases, or the rise of China. We needed a new kind of computing that changes everything, and whoever gets it first will rule the world. Well, fantastic. 
Did you uh, see what Eric Schmidt, the formal head, former head guy at Google, said the other day? No. He said the uh, he likened the current state of AI development to the post-World War II era's handling of nuclear weapons, noting the lengthy process to establish treaties and regulations back then, uh, saying essentially it could be every bit as uh, dangerous. <laughs> Great. Combine that with this new computing. Awesome. So ChatGPT is going to go from writing my resume for me to annihilating humankind. Bastard. I've got a George Santos update for you. I'm sure it's madcap. This is kind of funny. He's selling personal videos for $150 each. You can go on one of those websites and have him cut a personal video for you for $150. Ah, we're doing this today. Well, we really should. Hanson, get on that. If I had any of like my the kind of friends that would enjoy this sort of thing having a birthday soon, I would be calling. I would be setting that up. Hi, I'm George Santos. Wow. And it's a videotape, too. It's not audio? Yeah, it says video. Wow. Well, he's in a bit of a desperate situation. Hi, this is George Santos, and I honestly really care about your birthday. <laughs> I thought the opening of Saturday Night Live mocking him was pretty funny when that... Uh, uh, the dude playing Santos said, if I'm guilty of anything, it's loving too much slash fraud. <laughs> <laughs> eh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, speaking of fraud, fraudulent sandwiches. We've talked about this many times over the years. There's a big court case a while back about what a sandwich is or not. And you might think, how would, how would you end up with that? Well, there was zoning somewhere where you could only have one sandwich shop in this little strip mall. And somebody opened up our burrito place. And the guy with the sandwich shop said, he can't be over there. There's only one sandwich shop allowed here, and that's a sandwich. And the guy said, no, it's not a sandwich. It's a burrito. Number one, the fact that the government is involved in this on any level is idiotic and un-American. But go on. So the court actually got involved and ruled in that particular case that a burrito was not a sandwich. But so somehow my kids and I got on this topic because I've always thought it was funny, and I started looking into it. Uh, under this definition, as in dictated by common sense, this court finds that the term sandwich is not commonly understood to include burritos, tacos, and quesadillas. I would agree that not commonly understood is correct. But the USDA says a sandwich is meat between two slices of bread. Thank you. Which makes it obviously more complicated. Um, also on the USDA, a burrito is a sandwich-like product, which uh, gets a little more complicated as long as the strips of meat in question come bundled in a tortilla another section of the ruling lists hot dogs and hamburgers as examples of sandwich type products when laying out inspection policies for prepackaged dinners um i guess a, a hamburger and a hot dog are n well i don't know i don't know how in the world you make the argument that a hamburger is not a sandwich but a hot dog even so if the bun is connected at that little hinge place Right. It's not a sandwich, but if you unhinged it, which I hate when that happens because then the mustard gets on you, um, that would be a sandwich, I guess, meat between two pieces of bread. Right, and you ignoramuses who have uh, been opposing me through the years and my stance that the taco is indeed the delicious Mexican sandwich that we all enjoy, um, the, here's your comeuppance. So if, the, if you're having a hard shell taco and it cracks at the moment, they're disconnected there at the juncture there, the joint part of the taco, then it becomes a sandwich? It's a or it's not a sandwich if you take one piece of bread and fold it over meat? It's clearly a sandwich. Is a taco shell a bread-like product? 
I don't sure. feel like it is. Of course it is. It's a cracker-like it product. Um, in New York, they have a different way of looking at it. If it's served on something remotely bread-like, it's a sandwich. New York is less discriminatory on sandwiches as, pra- as practically anywhere in the United States. Hanson points out that uh, virtually every sub shop, well, many sub shops, including Subway, the sandwich comes hinged. The bread is hinged. It's connected. And they have sandwich right in the right in the logo. Right. Exactly. Well, it does. And the government shouldn't give a damn. No, the government should not be involved in this discussion. Depends on where you live. New York. We'll call anything a sandwich. Anything goes in New York. Huh? Take a walk on the wild side. Oh, please. Um, uh, we got a lot from uh, campus protesters coming up. Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Normally, students at Columbia are encouraged to be open to ideas and debate. But these are not normal times. When we visited, police were guarding Hillel, a center for Jewish life on campus. How do you feel on campus? Do you feel safe? Short answer is no. We met third-year student Eden Yadigar at Hillel. She's the head of Students Supporting Israel at Columbia. She told us students on all sides of the issue feel unease on campus. It's tense. It's hostile. There have been days where I've had to walk through not one but two protests on campus in order to get to my classes. That's the slow-talking Bill Whitaker of 60 Minutes, who learned from Scott Pelly, the pace at which they feel they must speak. Oh, man. Hurry up! <laughs> I don't know. In the go-go world, why you gotta talk so slow? Anyway, this is about campus protesting. Let's hear a little more before we discuss. Our university is directly complicit in this violence with its rhetoric and its investments. 
Mariam Alwan is one of the leaders of Students for Justice in Palestine, or SJP. She told us she has faced repercussions for speaking out publicly. Yeah. You said you've been avoiding campus? Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to graduate anymore. Like, other pro-Palestinian student protesters have had their names and faces paraded outside campus on a digital billboard. Alwan's group, the SJP, was suspended from campus for holding unauthorized rallies. The SJP has been banned from multiple campuses for being pro-Hamas anti-Semites. You're afraid to go on the college campus at Columbia as a pro-Palestinian demonstrator Please. i actually felt bad for that young woman she has been so seduced by the i'm a brave radical warrior thing she's abandoning her her life and her education and fancies herself some sort of che guevara type right with nothing at risk with the crowd she's hanging out with right yeah nothing let's hear more from that crowd here it's been very scary what makes it scary there have been a lot of death threats there have been professors at the school who have been um calling us terrorists she says the university has made things worse. So they close all the gates, they bring hordes of NYPD, and then they make all of the students of color feel unsafe. So it's with all the emphasis that's going on nationwide on how dangerous it is for Jewish kids on college campuses, and how we've got hundreds of thousands of college kids protesting for the Palestinians, did 60 Minutes feel like things were out of balance? We need to make it seem like it's the... Palestinian protesters that are really under the gun and a threat here. Is that what they were doing? Yeah, that was part of it. And did you hear what she just said? She said the university closed the gates and then brought in a bunch of NYPD, which made all the students of color feel unsafe. So she's just a neo-Marxist way lefty who's embraced that whole overarching philosophy we've talked so much about. No, I don't think you can uh, dismiss it the way you are if they have the numbers and win the day. Oh, I'm not. I'm just dismissing the particulars of her complaint, the details. What? The last thing I'm doing is dismissing, you know, neo-Marxism as a whole. Yeah. God dang it, these are weird times. Journalistically speaking, culturally speaking, man. Things are getting weird, and they're getting weird fast. Sure are, Elon. And, of course, 60 Minutes, because it's 60 Minutes, didn't dig into, all right, what professor called you terrorists? Where? Show me. Because this chick is obviously playing the, no, 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 we're the victim's card. I feel unsafe on my own campus, which is 98% progressive. Please. I think it's probably closer to 100 than 98. There have been death threats. Professors have called us terrorists. Okay, show me. Yeah, what an odd thing for 60 Minutes to act like, yeah, it's these uh, kids dressing up like Hamas and protesting on college campuses on behalf of the Palestinians that are really the ones that should be scared. They might have called you pro-terrorist because you are. That's why you've been banned from several university campuses because that Students for Justice in Palestine organization is way, way down the line of Hamas was justified in burning people alive and raping people and killing babies. So we we played the clip earlier of Kamala Harris, the vice president, giving her a little lecturing speech about Israel needs to, you know, make sure they aren't going too far and stop killing so many people and all that sort of stuff. Where, where where do you think we're going to be a month from now on this? Hmm, boy, that's hard to say. Depends it, what happens. Because I feel like it's moving quickly that direction of the 
administration backing away from supporting Israel. Where does that where does that leave things? Yeah, muddled. Well, does do we have the kind of power over Israel? We give them over three billion dollars a year, lots of weapons. Do we have the power to rein them in the way the Biden administration might want? Or to he- some extent, yes. Less than in the past, though. Because Israel views this, obviously, as an existential crisis. I I also wonder, you know, I had that story earlier about how behind closed doors, all those Arab nations are are saying to Israel, do what you got to do. Get rid of Hamas. Take them out. All of them. Right. Um, I wonder if the White House is saying that behind closed doors. Look, we had to have Kamala go out and say that. Look, we're we're getting it the same way you are in world opinion, but you do what you got to do. We're not going to we're not going to back out. Yeah, I think that's highly likely. You know, as I always point out, you can't look at international relations without looking at the domestic politics of the countries involved. The Biden administration is absolutely in their interest to be making loud noises about restraining Israel and restoring peace and negotiating and protecting civilians and all. And some of that's perfectly legitimate. I mean, if the job can be done with fewer civilian deaths, who could be against that? You'd be a monster if you were. Um, on the other hand, yeah, there's a huge interest in the Biden administration kowtowing to the progressive left and specifically Arab Americans whose votes they need in a couple of swing states, Michigan in particular. So yeah, I'll bet behind the scenes they're telling Israel, no, we totally get it. We're just going to be uh, trumpeting uh, you know, these stances so we can keep Dearborn, Michigan in our camp. Well, play, play 33 first, Michael, while we're still being serious. Israel pulling its negotiating team out of Qatar and Hamas saying there will be no further exchanges until the war ends. Israel predicting a long war and saying when it ends, it will create a security zone around the Gaza Strip to prevent future terror attacks. Yeah, so Israel pulled their negotiating team out of Qatar and Hamas announced no further exchanges until the war ends, which ain't going to happen anytime soon. I want to make a note that I've now heard the 15th different pronunciation for that fine nation. Qatar! Talks in Qatar have broken off. What's our official show policy? Cutter. Do I have to do it like that? Yes, cutter. <laughs> I'll get spit all over everything. <laughs> I say Qatar. I don't know why I say Qatar, but... Gutter. They, Qatar. Say, they say gutter on Morning Joe. Cutter, gutter, yeah, Qatar, uh, and many other variations. <laughs> Come up with your own at home. It's fun. <laughs> okay, now this sounds like uh, jocularity to me. This is from TikTok. Funny, you don't, you don't look Palestinian. From the nation to the sea, Palestine will be free. From the nation to the sea? No, from the uh, mountains to the sea. From the mountains to the sea. That's what, that's what we want. From the mountains to the sea? Yeah. Which mountains? You don't know, eh? Poor, poor woman who didn't have the chant down. Should've... She just wants to be part of it. Should have had a card taped to her wrist like an NFL quarterback. All the people like me are yelling this, so I want to yell that <laughs> so I can be part of it. From the river to the sea? Or is it mountains? It might be mountains. <laughs> From the nation to the sea, Palestine will be free. From the nation to the sea? Mountains? City. Mm, oh. I know it's two syllables. <laughs> um, 
From the forest to the the forest. From the forest to the. That's not it either. <laughs> Damn it! Oh wow! From the Whole Foods to the sea. Would that be it? <laughs> Whole Foods. That's a good one. Hey, play uh, forty for me as long as we reference it. The United States is unequivocal. International humanitarian law must be respected. Too many innocent Palestinians have been killed. Frankly, the scale of civilian suffering and the images and videos coming from Gaza are devastating. I personally pushed Israeli right, leaders that's to fine. avoid civilian... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was interesting and revealing at the end. The the videos and the photos have been devastating. Well, that's, what does that matter? Are you against the reality or the videos? I think that was saying the quiet part out loud. It's bad PR. We're getting a lot of pressure with these videos and stuff. You got to restrain yourself. So that was to sound like she's scolding Israel or the administration scolding Israel, but not really scolding them. Is that what you think? Uh, yes. To be seen scolding them. I mean, the, the administration wouldn't mind a little restraint. And for, but they don't need it. And for what purpose? Well, I, well, number one, for their own purposes, as I described earlier in the segment. Uh, number two, again, I don't. Nobody wants more civilians to die. Um. So yeah, that's sincere. Hey, have a little restraint. Make sure you're following international law, the laws of war. Um. There's no downside to saying that because I believe you're correct. Behind the scenes, they're telling the IDF, "Do what you got to do." Yeah, I wonder. We'll find out someday. We'll finish strong next. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon. Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. 
Disney announced that they'll be making two more sequels to Frozen. But by the time they come out, the only thing frozen will be Elsa's eggs. <laughs> a really funny joke. So, I am, if you listen to me over the last year, I'm the last person you'd think would become a John Fetterman fan. That's the Pennsylvania senator, uh, socialist, do-nothing, layabout, phony, blue-collar guy. But man, he has said a lot of things I agree with lately. Did you see what yeah, he was? me too. He was on The View Friday, blasting, kicking Santos out of Congress when they have a guy like Menendez as a U.S. senator. That's his own party. Right, right. I was shocked by that. You're right. It was uh, notable. And he's out with this tweet today on what we were just talking about with the protesters going in front of a, a Jewish restaurant and yelling, you know, the, the, blaming them for genocide. Uh, John Senator John Fetterman tweeted out, they could be protesting Hamas. They could be protesting Hamas's systemic rape of Israeli women and girls or demanding the remaining hostages immediately be released. Instead, they targeted a Jewish restaurant. It's pathetic and rank anti-Semitism. That's wow, his. That's kudos. his own. That's his own state. Yeah, good for well him. Said hoodie. Yep. Good for him. The fact that the progressive types turn a blind eye is such a cliche. I hate to use it. Um, how they willfully ignore, and I think they they blind themselves to it. The horrific violations of everything they hold dear by some of these fundamentalist Islamics groups. And declare their their kinship with them? I mean, like a moderate Republican whose views on transgender people or gay this or whatever that make them persona non grata. They despise that moderate Republican who says, well, live and let live. I just don't happen to believe in gay marriage, for instance. But the people who would murder people for being gay are their brothers. I mean, that is an astounding act of cognitive dissonance, self-delusion, and psychopathy or something. Trans freedom is Palestinian freedom. What are you talking about, crazy people? Right, well, it's like I'm trying to tell you about the, the neo-Marxism. Tell you who's not a neo-Marxist, Taylor Swift. <laughs> you know, I, I never, I never bring her up. You do all the time, and I resent it. And look at me. <laughs> I just happened to see something in the Wall Street Journal about how she, when she wears a, a, a dress or shorts or jeans or whatever, or is seen wearing a purse, even like if a fraction of the purse is seen barely in a paparazzi shot, it immediately sells out. Swifties figure out what it is and they buy it up, like just buy thousands and thousands of them. And uh, including these jeans shorts that cost $675. $700 jean shorts. That is some expensive jorts. And with Holy her uh, with her physique, I would think she could uh, make any jean shorts work. Um, uh, agreed. Oh, what brand is she? Area is the name of it. Huh. Um, and she wears some expensive stuff, and they go into how she gets clothes and her, her stylist and blah, blah, blah. But her other thing is she regularly is seen wearing inexpensive stuff. Uh, this jewelry line that, well, I haven't heard of any of this. Oh, I'm sorry. The jean shorts were $695. I gave you a $20 discount just because I like you. Um, <laughs> that she's, she regularly wears, um, uh, this jewelry that virtually everything's under $70. Mazin jewels, Mazin jewels. Hmm. 
Um, and then as if she wears a pendant or whatever, it sells out immediately. But, you know, I'm reading this article, and it occurred to me why she's so huge among women. This is oversimplified. And it's some of the other stuff we've talked about. And I, I would grant you this. I am merely a loving and interested observer of womanhood. I can no longer, I can no more imagine what it's like to be a woman than, well, you can give whatever example. And I recognize that. On the other hand, you know, I love and value women, so I'm curious about them. Plus, they mystify me. So here it is. Ladies, tell me if I am wrong. You can text us 415-295-KFTC or mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com if you want to email. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Taylor Swift is the prettiest, smartest, most popular girl at school. And she has convinced you she's your best friend. And is a loyal best friend who shares everything with you and tells her about her problems. You are friends with the most popular girl in school if you're a Taylor Swift fan. Right or wrong? That might be the psychology. Hey, kids. It's that time again. With Armstrong and Getty. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Thank you, Jack. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew. Leading us off will be the inimitable technical director, Michelangelo. Michael? Yeah, earlier in the show, you were talking about Felicity Huffman, and they drew the guns when they came to arrest her in front of everybody. I had a similar experience. I was at a Super Bowl party. Apparently, the owners didn't get the written NFL consent, and the SWAT team came, and right, it, it, the whole party ended. Got a little stick work in. Good. Yeah. Can't let that sort of thing run wild. Katie Green, our esteemed newswoman, has a final thought. Katie? I'm just excited. You guys were talking about sandwiches earlier, and I made the decision that I'm going to my favorite deli today. Well, what kind yep. of sandwich? Uh, turkey on wheat. With what? All, everything. The works. Okay. Olives? Oh, yeah. Very sensible. Mm-hmm. God, olives are gross. Oh, I what? love olives. Really? Olives Jack, a final disgusting. thought for us, you anti-olivist? They it's look probably like, racism, folks. They look like bugs. Uh, I don't think I'll ever get a real Christmas tree again. I mean, we had the family outing. We've done it every year of their lives. Same spot, cut down the tree. But it's so much work, and there's so many needles absolutely everywhere. It's such a mess. I just don't... I think this is it. I think this is it. I, I will no longer say... You make Jesus cry when you get a fake tree. I'll no longer say that. Wow. Well, that's enlightened. Thank you. Uh, my final thought has got to be how much I thoroughly enjoyed watching the mighty 49ers beat down the Eagles of Philadelphia last night. I have a couple of friends who are obnoxious Eagles fans. Obnoxious. And I will taunt them as long as I can. Until <laughs> perhaps the next Eagles win. Yeah, well, they'll meet in the playoffs one way or another, I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. Boy, the hot links are entertaining. So many good clicks. You can drop us a note. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Pick up some A&G swag. Maybe Taylor Swift will be seen wearing a things are getting weird and they're getting weird fast t-shirt. and They'll sell out. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless America. Armstrong and Getty. I'm happy to take questions if that's what I'm supposed to do, Nance, whatever you want me to do. Quite frankly, I have a lot of questions as well. What do we want to be, losers or winners? I want winners. Well, let me not right or wrong. You're a loser. All right. It's like rain on your wedding day. It comes in the morning. Boy, it did me no good whatsoever. Okay. On that high note, thank you all very much. Have a terrific day. Armstrong and Getty. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.